It's time for the rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. to the rundown here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. My name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for uh, checking out the show. We appreciate that as always. We are going to head out to the phones and welcome in a friend of the program, my buddy, Coach Erica Wilson. Coach, how are you, man? What's up, my brother? It's great to uh, hear from you today. Um, Hold my arm, Glad to be here. (laughs) <laughs> in addition to hey, being... I'm so excited to be on here right now. I've been on conference calls all day long. This is the funnest part of my day. <laughs> well, in addition to being a former high school coach, former Gamecock assistant, you are also the father of uh, Savage College Football, who we had on earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, well, I, I, that's true. I'm, I don't, you're making me admit that in public? <laughs> He, he held his own. He held his own on the air the other day. Yeah, he so, did all right. He did a pretty good job. He's, he's doing a pretty good job for a youngster. He really is. All right, so I want to ask you a little bit about some uh, football stuff today. The first yeah. thing being the NCAA coming out and saying people can make money off their likeness. That's kind of crazy, right? I mean, this has been a conversation – um, that's been in the works for years, right? And I, I don't think anybody's surprised that this happened or that, that this was coming. Uh, it's uh, Obviously, there's going to be lots of – it's like any rule that the NCAA passes. There's going to be all kinds of caveats about, you know, how much money you can make or this or that. Like, we haven't seen all the specifics to the rule, but – uh, but I think, at least I'm not surprised that it came down the pipe. I mean, there's been a push for this for a while. Do you think it's going to be unfair to certain colleges? Meaning that I think that bigger schools will have, uh, I, what I mean by this, <clears throat> bigger schools and bigger markets will have the opportunity for young men to make more money. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, like, from my perspective and the the piece of this that I never really liked, um, I, I'd almost rather have a stipend or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but the piece of this that I've never really liked is this gives a significant advantage to schools uh, that have significantly more exposure uh, and media exposure because the more media exposure the school gets, the more chance that you as a player have uh, to be uh, on a lot of TV sets, the more chance that you've actually got, you know, to get something like this. But the reality of it is the, uh, the amount of people that are going to actually get third-party endorsements, it's, you're talking about maybe one or two guys on a team. I mean, that's those are the ones who are always sought after. You know, it's the Brian Holinskys of the world, you know, or 
uh, you know, the DeAndre Swift of the world or whatever, you know, the, the big players for each team, um, those are the guys that are going to be getting these opportunities. The, the majority of the players aren't, aren't going to get much of anything and it's still. Well, let me ask you this. The, how would you deal with this as a coach? What I mean by that is, is that there could be some locker room divide. Uh, TigerNet put out something earlier saying that uh, one expert said that uh, Trevor Lawrence could possibly get up to a million dollars. I mean, if I'm sitting here next to this guy and he's getting a million dollars and I'm his center blocking for him, that might that might have some hard feelings there. Well, yeah, and then so the interest. So here's where the as I look at these things, and because I'm a business guy too, I always kind of think about how does this, how could this potentially dovetail, right? So if Trevor Lawrence can make a million dollars in endorsements, can he go buy his offensive line? Uh, Rolex watches, is that okay? With all the money he's got, I, what can he do know. with that money? Yeah. I mean, that you know. And when you look at the way the NCA um, and, and the way that they've kind of said this is that third-party endorsements related to and separate from athletics and social media businesses are okay as long as they exist within the NCA guidelines. That last six words they exist within the NCAA guidelines will be interesting because that's where I, like, you're going to see, oh, this is okay, but this isn't okay. But the NCAA kind of always leaves themselves that out of being able to overrule something or say it's not okay. And then the other thing that's, that's interesting is they're not allowing, at least from what they're saying right now, they're not allowing student athletes to identify themselves with a specific sport or school in conjunction with their business ventures. <laughs> so they can't, Trevor Lawrence can't go on there with his Clemson logo and his Clemson jersey and his Clemson this and his Clemson that. He's got to go on there and just be Trevor Lawrence. Is that as exciting or as lucrative for uh, third-party people if they can't associate them with a specific brand? Uh, I think yeah. that'll have an, an inter- a detriment on some of this stuff. You know, when you're talking about Tom Brady, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He can stand there in a suit and everybody knows who he is. But, um, you know, people that are really, really addicted to, you know, college football, it's about the team. Now, yeah, they like that kid, but they like that kid because of what he can do. You know, why, they're in love with Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence can deliver Clemson a potential national championship. Are they in love with Trevor Lawrence without Clemson and without the logo and without the other stuff? It'll be interesting to see, but I think that's a big caveat in the rule. The NCAA did come out today with uh, saying basically that the transfer portal, having it where you can transfer one time without having to sit out, they don't think that that is viable, I think is the term they used right now. Uh, You ever think that's going to happen? I hope not. I mean, quite honestly, I don't, I don't like the way it is now. When the transfer portal was put in place, it really wasn't meant to create uh, a free agency for every fifth-year senior, um, you know, and, and which right now you got, you know, the, that whole rule about uh, if you're a fifth-year senior and you've graduated, you can transfer and not have to sit out. And, and they never expected to see the amount of, volume and transfers through that as they have. I think if you opened up 
the idea of everyone gets one transfer without having to sit out, college football would become almost like a free agent market. Because the kids, especially today, are so dialed into instant uh, gratification that if you take a kid and, and allow every kid to be able to transfer, I think it eliminates so much of what they learn from sport, which is having to push through difficult times, having to earn something. And, that, and then you're going to take every kid who comes in and you know was an all-star in high school, and if they've got to you know work hard a couple of years to get playing time, then they're just going to transfer because they think they're not being treated fairly. I hate that rule. I hope it doesn't happen. Well, we had the NFL draft last weekend, and something interesting was Jake Fromm, the the guy that at the start of last season we thought was going to be just outstanding for Georgia, put up great numbers, but gets drafted in the fifth round. I I wonder where some of these guys get guidance from because obviously looking at it now he would love to be back at Georgia this year yeah you know it's they're able to so what they're able to do is submit uh, to the NFL uh, their name if they're an underclassman and the NFL comes back with what they call a predicted draft status and it's it's basically based upon the, the boards and and the scouting reports of all the different NFL teams and how they kind of combine, what's the NFL's best guess in terms of where you're probably going to fall in the draft? And so the, the kid that's delivered to the athlete, the athlete gets to look at that, and then they get a certain amount of time to decide whether or not they want to come out. <clears throat> so it used to just be that the, the agents were pushing them to come out because anybody that came out and signed, they got a paycheck on. And that's one of the reasons the NFL put that in place so that kids could get a legitimate idea of where they might go in a draft. So I've got to believe that whatever his draft report came back was better than where he, he came out in the draft. So he must have thought that he was going to go higher based upon the draft report he got back. Now, what happened between there and the actual draft itself, obviously very different. Um, I would imagine that if he had to do all over again, He'd be back at Georgia. Urban Meyer said in an interview uh, the other day, I think it was yesterday, about a college football season opening back up, and he said this, the one concern I've been on a couple of conference calls where I listen is that every state is going to be different as far as their ability to open up. Certain states have been hit harder by the uh, pandemic, And it's something that could affect college football heading into this season if some states won't open completely up. I I think he's right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a huge, you know, it's the, the conferences are looking at us from the perspective of, hey, can we conduct games safely? Um, Can we conduct games in a way that creates a good atmosphere and obviously, you know, there's a huge incentive, financial incentive to continue to play because of TV contracts and things that are associated with the conferences. But as you said, those conferences are spread out over multiple states, regardless of whether you're talking about the Big Ten, the SEC, whatever. And when you look at those states, there's a pretty big difference in terms of the way they're operating. So the Big Ten, for example, 
the state of Ohio uh, is being pretty aggressive. They've actually already started opening businesses this week, and they've got a plan <clears throat> to be back to pretty fully operational within the next three to four weeks. But when you juxtapose that with a state like Michigan, uh, who's being extremely conservative uh, and just a lot of people's opinion way over the top, uh, when you look at New Jersey, which is uh, where Rutgers is, uh, or is, is Rutgers in New York? Which one is it? Either Rutgers way, is in New, in New Jersey. New Jersey, right? So they're both in re- those states are you know uh, states where the they've got some of the biggest lockdowns going. Uh, those lockdowns aren't even getting lifted partially for the next three to four weeks. So huge discrepancies in the way the governors are handling these things. And who's to say that if we get a secondary spike in three or four months, one state might be like, hey, we're just going to ride it out and do some social distancing in specific regions where another governor might just say, we're going back on lockdown. So I think there's a lot of potential issues, but I think they also, the, the, the conferences are going to think that through and they're going to know, okay, if this is something that we're going to do, we're going to have to have backup plans in case something happens, whether it's a third party neutral site, whether it's moving the game, whatever, uh, there's a potential for this to, potentially have a second wave and they're going to have to know how to deal with it before they ever decide to play it's it's just so many questions that are out there right now and i don't know which way to go uh what do you think it should be a target gate or target date for athletes to come back and actually be at a point where they can play if we were going to start at the normal time Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I mean, it's it, it's going to be so interesting. I've been saying this to everyone that I talk to because it's literally like football thirty years ago. Like you know, kids used to go home on the over the summers. They used to have to work out on their own. Um, you know, they didn't get uh, tutelage all summer. They didn't have the opportunity to meet all summer long like they do now. Uh, they didn't have right. you know the constant supervision and strength and conditioning like they've got now. So it, there's going to be such a discrepancy in the way kids have prepared themselves. And that's been the whole reason that, that schools want to keep them there in the summers. They can control their preparation, their fitness, and how they're trained and prepared to play. And now it's going to be a roll of the dice. Hey, did this kid take care of himself for the last two months or three months, or did he not? So I think that puts a huge piece of what you just asked is, you can't expect that these kids are in the same level of conditioning and shape that they would normally be in. And they're going to come back to campus. You're going to, you may potentially need, you know, three to four weeks just to get them in playing shape. And that doesn't have anything to do with getting them back on to learn, you know, make sure they learn the offense and learn the defense because they miss spring ball, the majority of them. So yeah. I mean, for me, it's like probably a minimum of 45 days. And we're coming up on all that. When you think about yeah. it, I mean, we're. That, that's, we're, I mean, you're talking about, you know, end of June, because some of these teams are playing, what, third third week of August? Right. Like, that's the. And this, so, I mean, you're talking about having them in early July or the second week of July <laughs> to be able to do all you need to do. Because you can't learn when you're not in shape. I mean, you, you know, you could be in a, in a classroom watching a film, but you can't put a guy out on a practice field and demand a really high level of performance from him where he's uh, actually uh, executing, but at the same time learning, especially young guys 
when they're out of shape because all they're thinking about is surviving. So they've got to be conditioned well enough that they can practice, learn, and execute. And that's going to be a challenge with some guys coming out of this deal. Do you think that we will see a spike in injuries? Well, I mean, there's always that chance. Um, You know, I think it'll be a lot of it will have to do with, and I know that all the strength and conditioning coaches are doing virtual meetings with these guys. Um, They're making sure that they relate all the programs back to all of them, all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's really up to the athlete whether they participate and do the stuff they're being asked to do. So the guys who stayed in shape, are probably going to be in a pretty good position. <clears throat> now, they're not. The one thing where you could see more of is more soft tissue injuries, uh, just because I think guys probably are going home and lifting weights and doing their strength training stuff. But are they doing all the stuff that they would be doing here? Are they stretching the way they're supposed to stretch? Are they doing treatment? You know, where if a guy's got a, a hamstring or something like that, are they getting in the cold tub every day after they train? Are they getting massaged the way they would get here? None of that stuff is happening at home you know, unless they've just got an amazing facility. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if anything, you'd see more soft tissue stuff just because of, of muscles and, and things that they haven't been able to uh, treat properly over the course of the summer and the spring. You know, I wanted to talk about the NFL draft with you for a little bit, but we've talked about the COVID stuff. So I've got one NFL draft question for you. Uh, Green Bay, my Packers look like they made a, a horrific pick with uh, taking the young man Love from um, from Utah State, man, I tell you what, is that quite like possibly the, the most? You, you can't get over that, can you? No, I can't. I'm having problems. <laughs> you must have heard me talk about it the other day. Is that the that the that's the weirdest pick in the draft? Would you agree? It it was pretty strange. I, I mean, now I'm not a I'm not a Packer a guy like you are. So uh, I'm not. It wasn't one of those things where I'm sitting there staring and waiting to see who the Packers pick. But I mean, when you got a, like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's your quarterback. Uh, now, granted, he's been in the league, you know, what, 15 years now, isn't that right? And you get yeah. drafted in '05, so he's 36. Uh, you know, he says he, he, he what he's told everybody is he's going to play for another five years and perhaps more if he stays in shape. Um, I think he's got four years left on his contract. Um, but you know, if you're him, um, and they take a quarterback in round one, I think the message that you're getting is, Hey, you know, you're doing pretty good, but we could potentially be better. Let's see if we can get somebody that could push you. And they also know, I mean, here's the deal. If Jordan love came in and was amazing, right. Which obviously they think he's good enough to pick in the first round. So it's not a draft choice that you love or that a lot of people love. A lot of people are scratching their heads. But let's say he comes in and he's uh, he's just gangbusters. Think about what you could potentially get for Rodgers on the open market and some of the cap space you could potentially free up. So there's I something agree on back, that. There's something on the back end that they're thinking about that we don't know about. You know who I blame for that pick, right? Who's that? I blame uh, LaVon Kirkland. Uh, he came on the show and said, <laughs> I think that Love's the best quarter, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft after Burroughs and uh, Tagaviola. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, the Packers draft him. I, I, I blame, I blame LeVon Kirkland. 
Well, I will tell you this. A lot of people were scratching their head when, when the Chiefs picked Patrick Mahomes a few years ago. Right, he's not a guy. I mean, he had great stats, but there was a lot of guys that came out of Texas Tech with great stats who were busts in the NFL. I would have never predicted that he's a guy that would have, a few years later, been in the Super Bowl as a starting quarterback. Uh, so it, it's weird because quarterbacks, in in my opinion, are one of the most difficult positions to project coming out of college. Yeah. And so it really comes down to the scouting department and the, the GM and the coach of the, of the uh, franchise in terms of whether they think that guy can make a difference. And they obviously do, or they wouldn't have taken him in the first round. Coach Eric Wilson joining us here on the Rundown this afternoon. Coach, tell folks where they can follow you on Twitter because uh, your Twitter follow is, uh, is, is actually some really good stuff. At Coach Eric Wilson on Twitter. Um, you know, right now it's just it's lots of memes and every once in a while a political statement. Uh, but I like to post big guy stuff, offensive lineman stuff. Once the season starts, you'll get a lot of uh, stuff about Carolina. And anything as we get into pregame camp, uh, our preseason camp, we'll post a lot of stuff about Carolina. Uh, obviously, we do the pregame show, and so and then during the Carolina games, I'm live tweeting during the whole game. So. If you're a Carolina fan and you like watching uh, but also want to know what's going on, follow my Twitter feed, at Coach Eric Wilson. Coach, man, thanks for joining us today on The Rundown, man. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you, brother. Have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot. Coach Eric Wilson joining us on The Rundown. We appreciate him as always as uh, he brings us some football knowledge. Got plenty more coming for you here on the rundown when we come back. Um, some interesting stuff we'll uh, we'll get into. I've got a couple of stories that are kind of interesting that we'll share with you in a moment. You are listening to the rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio fourteen hundred. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Around the world on the iHeartRadio app. I appreciate Coach Eric Wilson joining us earlier on the show. You can uh, check out his comments. We'll have them up on the podcast uh, later on about 5 o'clock today. And uh, you can go and enjoy that. Uh, Coach, Coach, uh, he knows his stuff. And kind of gives you some perspective on dealing with Dealing with um, the new NCAA a rule that's going to come out where people can make money off of their likeness. We'll see how that comes out with them. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work or not. I do agree with him that there aren't going to be very many players that can uh, make money. If they can't use their the college that they're from, I mean, if they're going to cut ads for you, what are they going to say? Uh, hi, my name is blank blank. They can't tell you anything other than I play college football. They can't say, hey, I'm, I'm the South Carolina running back or I'm the Clemson quarterback. They can't stand there in a Clemson t-shirt. They can't do any of that. So guys that are on ESPN all the time, like I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, I, I know the guys that, that we follow here. Like, I could probably pick out, uh, I think everyone could pick out Trevor Lawrence, maybe Ryan Holinsky, but I couldn't tell you who the Purdue starting quarterback is. I couldn't tell you who the Michigan starting quarterback is. Couldn't do it. 
And if you're going to buy a national campaign on that, I, I just don't think it's going to work. Now, on the social media end, where some of these guys have a huge following, uh, I guess they can make money by tweeting stuff out. I don't know. I don't know about all that at all. It's going to be interesting, though, to see what the uh, to and fro is going to be on that. And the reality is is that, as I said, the cream of the crop will make money. But you can also make money from your likeness, like if they uh, wanted to host camps. I think that could work. Whereas you could get together with some friends and put together a camp and you know, you're there and you're paid to be there and, and do some instruction. I think that'll work. But I don't think anybody's going to really make a lot of money based off of the uh, stuff with the uh, where you're able to use your likeness. The crazy thing is, and we'll talk about this in a moment, something that everybody thinks that's going to come about, the new getting another edition of the NCAA football game that everyone loves. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to work. I'll tell you about that when we come back in a moment. Uh, also, we kind of talked a little bit about what Urban Meyer said. There's going to be certain states that aren't opened up. So like New York, states like that, uh, which I guess will affect, I don't know what a big, I think Boston's kind of on lockdown too. Certain states are not going to open up early. And what Urban Meyer said makes a lot of sense. You're going to have, I think a lot of the states in the, in the South will open. Texas, obviously, we're going to have, I think a lot of the states in the, in the South will open. Texas, obviously, well, they'll have their stuff going. California, not so much. The governor of California is talking about, yeah, we're not going to open up everything until June. If that happens, if you play out there and, you know, your UCLA, Stanford, Cal, all those teams, it's not going to work out well for you. 803-978-1832, if you want to get involved with the rundown this afternoon, feel free to give us a call. Uh, we will uh, take your calls when we come back. We've got a couple other things we're going to get into today. Could the NBA season possibly be canceled? One player says uh, that's not true. We'll tell you who that is. Uh, we'll go over one ESPN analyst ranks the top five NFL teams after the draft. One of the teams that's in the top five kind of surprised me. We'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about tailgating. The SEC commissioner named the conference's two best tailgating uh, spots. I'll tell you who those are. And we'll get into that and talk a little tailgating here in just a moment here on The Rundown. Don't forget, I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. My buddy Lawton Swan, he is on Twitter at Clemson Sports Talk. He'll be here this afternoon from 4 to 6 with uh, Clemson Sports Talk. He is the czar of Clemson Sports. Be sure to check him out as uh, you move along here on the rundown. My name is Rob Sanders. I will be right back. I disagree, big voice guy. You should be washing your hands all the time. Go ahead, go ahead and scrub your hands before you before you listen to the show, why not? <laughs> All right, my name is Rob Sanders. Thanks for checking us out on the rundown this afternoon. Uh, a couple things I wanted to get into. First, the return of the NCAA video game 
under the NIL recommendation is probably not going to happen. So, according to a story that I found earlier today, new NIL rules would not allow the use of school logos, trademarks, or other intellectual property. The lack of union or bargaining unit makes group licensing and college sports unworkable. What that means is, is that guys like in the NFL, the Players Association gets a lump sum of money to give to the players for the video game. So that's why you can have like Madden, whatever. But they can't do that under the NIL recommendations. So the working group would need to amend its recommendations to the Board of Governors so that they all could get together and make money together. So there's that. The thought of having a brand new NCAA football game is probably not going to happen simply because there is no group licensing. So I know everybody was all teed up and like, oh, this is going to be great. We get the NCAA football game back. Uh, No, the NCAA still hates you and they don't care about uh, your wants or needs. They, you know, you can make the argument they don't really care about the players' wants or needs too. So there's that. Interesting stuff there on the front of that. I don't know how much each player could make, and if you're a business, do you want to uh, do you want to hitch a hitch your business to someone who can't use? They can use their likeness, but not really what they fully do. So it's kind of that thing. We'll see how that uh, teeters out there with the NCAA. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. Would you like to have a college kid endorsing your business? I guess it depends on the business that you want, that you're in. Can you imagine if, like, uh, I, I, I don't know if this would work or not, but I can imagine, like, certain restaurants and stuff, they may be on board with that. Why not? Could you see, like, guys doing stuff where, like uh, what Coach Wilson said earlier, talking about giving the guys Rolexes, et cetera, on the offensive line if they're making a million dollars. How about, I don't know, going up to a a pizza shop and being like, look, uh, I'll stand here and we'll do a photo shoot saying I eat your pizza if we get free pizza throughout the year. That's something that would be an NCAA violation in its own right. But they could do that now. I don't know if a business would want to do that, though. We'll have to see how that shakes out. But no return of the NCAA football game. That's not happening until they can actually get uh, group licensing, which the way the NCAA does things, it's not going to work out. Not going to work out for a long time. And, of course, the NCAA today put out the where they don't think that you should be able to transfer. I think this is something that is going to affect college basketball a lot because the college basketball kids can go straight into this new G League that the the NBA is putting out. And if you know that you're a guy that's like, I don't really want to go to college, then I can go and play in this this G League and make $100,000 and then get into the NBA draft. I think a lot of kids are going to do that. Or they're going to go to Japan where they can make $100,000 as an 18-year-old kid 
and you know uh, continue to improve their game and not have to worry about going to history class at eight o'clock in the morning. I think that's going to happen. I think it'll affect college basketball a lot as far as uh, with with that going on. But uh, Coach Wilson said it would kind of make it a free agent type world, and yeah, I agree with that. You could end up with a world of, you know, I don't like it here, so I'm going to transfer quick. But I'm also in the camp of the NCAA, here's all these cases, and some of them end up with more weight than others where guys can go and play right off the bat, but yet another guy couldn't. It's just, it's different. And if you're going to have the transfer rule, I, I don't like the idea of, hey, they can put in for a waiver at all. I don't think that makes any sense. If you're going to transfer and and you're going to have the uh, the ability to leave and go wherever you want, that's fine, but you can't play for a year. I, I can understand that. But, hey, we're going to give this guy a waiver because of extenuating circumstances that only we can tell you what they are? It doesn't make any sense. The Justin Fields incident at Ohio State, amazing. Crazy. 803-978-1832-803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to join us on the rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, um, it's uh, it's weird, though, when you stop and look at things like uh, what if they did have this transfer rule where you could transfer whenever? I mean, you have a lot of a lot that goes into the recruiting process of getting guys just to sign with the school. But you're going to have to have the, the coaches basically trying to, uh, to baby these kids to stay at their school. You know, just because, let's say your, your first-string quarterback is just a little bit better than your second-string quarterback, but you need your second-string quarterback because one play can knock out your first-stringer. Second stringer, you know, goes into fall camp and he is like, oh man, I'm the second stringer. This sucks. I'm transferring. See you later. That's crazy. It's crazy stuff. They can transfer whenever they want like that. And I I think it's harder on the coaches. But you can make the argument that it's better for the kids because they can do whatever they want. I don't know. There's two sides to every story. I kind of agree with Coach Wilson, though. It, it turns it into a if I'm a if I'm a booster of an organization, and let's throw this scenario out there, and I see that let's say Jamie Newman's at Wake Forest, he knows he wants to transfer. I own a car dealership at North Carolina. Uh, I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, we can talk about that behind the scenes. You come to North Carolina, make sure that we have a quarterback this year. Just a, just a, a college I can throw out there. You can go NC State, whatever college you want to go to. You could talk about my cars, and you know, as long as you go to North Carolina, that doesn't matter. I could see that happening. That could be some uh, the way that a lot of kids could go that route if they had where they could transfer wherever they want. I think eventually it's going to get to a point where. It's all going to be opened up, <laughs> and guys are just going to go and do what they want to do. I think a lot of that happens now, and behind the scenes, you know, there's money that's put pushed here and pushed there that nobody really talks about. I don't think that anybody is just at this naive notion where, 
Oh, well, the players don't get paid at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm not buying that. I'm still in the camp of if you have, uh, if you get your degree and you're, everything is paid for you on campus, as far as your your board and your room and everything else, you know, that's really not that hard to, to get behind. But then again, I didn't lace them up as a Division One athlete, so maybe maybe I'm ignorant in my uh, in my uh, in my knowledge on that front. We'll see how that shakes out for the NCAA. We come back. We're going to talk about the five best teams after uh, after the NFL draft. One of those teams is kind of interesting. Also, the best tailgating scenes in the SEC, according to the commissioner. So we'll talk about that and a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final segment of The Rundown this afternoon here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. If you missed any part of the show, our X's and O's guru, Coach Eric Wilson, joined us earlier. Talked a little bit about... Um, what it's going to take to uh, get the uh, college football season going and how it can be different in some states. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, a couple other little things in that interview with Coach Wilson there. We also talked about the fact that the NCAA tournament or the NCAA football game, yeah, that's probably not going to happen, according to uh, several different reports. Uh, one from SI saying they don't have a group license. So the idea of having a NCAA football game is just not going to work. Uh, Some notes before we get out of here. The SEC commissioner named the conference's two best tailgating scenes. And it's like some people are like, Rob, why are you talking about tailgating? We don't even know if we're going to have a season yet. You're just being mean to us. I'm saying that because I like to go to a good tailgate, something that makes me happy. I mean, going to a tailgate's great, right? I mean, it's part of part of fall in the South. Regardless of what team you support, you still want to go and tailgate if you can. The SEC commissioner came out and said that his two best tailgating spots, this is from Greg Sankey, said he prefers Ole Miss as his favorite tailgating scene. And notice he said that, that LSU also distinguishes itself as second best on the list. So if if Commissioner Sankey is out there, he's going to tell you, I want to go to Ole Miss and LSU first. Um, You know, I I think that schools that, you can make an argument that uh, some schools have it where their football team sucks and they're going to still tailgate really hard. Ole Miss has been pretty crummy for a while now. But yet, you still hear about the Grove and how everybody sets up and how magical that is. Uh, the report also says that Alabama has a great scene, Auburn has a great scene, as well as Tennessee. The whole thing with Tennessee where they drive up on the boats, I've experienced that before. That is really cool. But you know what? Arkansas is great, too. Um, I dated a girl when uh, when I was in the Coast Guard and I used to go to Arkansas games with her, and the whole thing where they do the calling of the hogs, where right through the fraternity houses and all that, 
you walk down through the fraternity houses and that's just that's an amazing scene in its own right some amazing tailgating going on there but the top five according to this report Ole Miss LSU Alabama Auburn and Tennessee wow no mention of South Carolina Florida which I've experienced tailgates of both of those those are really cool some people say that Mizzou does a good tailgate. I'm going to have to get my friends on from the Mazodcast. We'll have to talk about that and see how that works. Do you agree with this on the SEC? Do you think that those are the two best? And, and, and you have to take your bias out of it, okay? Yes, I know that you're a Gamecock fan. You're thinking, well, my, our tailgates are the best. I really don't care what they do at Ole Miss. I don't care what they do at LSU. Yeah. Take, take, take your Gamecock hat off. Take your Clemson hat off. And wrap your head around this for a second. Are those the two best spots in, in the SEC? In the ACC, you've got to put Clemson near the top. I think that another great tailgating spot is uh, Georgia Tech and Florida State, which I've experienced both of those. So I think that's a safe top three in the ACC. After that, though, uh, it kind of steeps down after that. You can go to a Boston College game, and uh, you probably wouldn't even notice that you're there, to be honest with you. More Tom Brady jerseys in the stands than, you know, Eagles jerseys in the stands when it comes to that. But interesting, Ole Miss and LSU at the top. We'll take your calls on that at 803-978-1832. I think the whole thing with the Grove where they have tents with chandeliers in them. I've seen that, and I'm like, what? I need to talk to my buddy Jonathan Reynolds, former host of a program here, who actually went to Ole Miss, knows a little bit about Ole Miss. He could probably uh, enlighten us a little bit on that. Uh, one other note, ESPN's Ryan Clark ranks the fifth best teams after the NFL draft. And this is interesting in that some of them make sense, But according to him, the best five teams, he has Kansas City at number one. And he likes that because of the pick they made with uh, Edwards Hilaire in the uh, late first round. By the way, you can experience, uh, you can can take and basically experiment with a running back that late when you have a great quarterback. Because if, let's say that Edwards Hilaire isn't quite what you want, you've still got your great quarterback, you can phase him out. Just throwing that out there. But number one is Kansas City. Number two is San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, okay, makes sense to me. Number three, the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to take a step back this year. I think people are going to figure out what they're doing with Lamar Jackson, and it's going to hurt them a little bit. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. Kind of hard to argue with that. But number five... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ladies and gentlemen, this is a 7-9 team last year, if I remember correctly. And yes, I know Tom Brady is going there, but Tom Brady's in his 40s. There has to, You cannot beat Father Time. Undefeated is Father Time. I don't know if I would have him uh, that high up. Uh, especially with uh, the age that factor that's going to affect the... the um, the Buccaneers. What happens if Tom Brady gets injured? I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but 
this is the NFL. Big boys play here. Offensive lineman trips, falls on his ankle, and he needs ankle surgery. What do you got? Does anybody even know who the backup quarterback is at uh, Tampa Bay? I don't know. I have no clue. No clue. Having them at number five is kind of a reach, though, in my opinion. Uh, We could talk about the Rams. We could talk about Seattle. We could talk about... You could even throw the Dallas Cowboys up into the mix if you like. I think they have more of a mention of being one of the top five teams, even though uh, you know I, I'm not on the Dak Prescott train. I'm not on the Jerry Jones train either. So the Bucks at number five, not buying it. Not buying it at all. Tomorrow is Friday on the rundown. You know what that means. Fridays are Tom Jones Fridays. Every Friday we experience some Tom Jones here on the rundown. Working on getting uh, some basketball knowledge on the air with us tomorrow as um, we will look at uh, some hoop stuff. Talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming um, uh, episode, what, five and six of The Last Dance. Man, that is like some must-watch television there. There's reports now that everybody's trying to follow Michael Jordan, by the way. Like, uh, I hear Magic Johnson's got his own thing coming out where he's going to have like his own documentary. Right now, with uh, everybody pretty much locked down and at home, makes a lot of sense to me. You're going to have tons of guys that are uh, basically sitting at home. You're going to be watching a lot of this stuff. Don't forget, Lawton Swan of Clumps and Sports Talk is up next. He is the czar of Clumps and Sports. Be sure to check him out, clumpsandsportstalk.com. I'm on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. This is a great article on my blog page you should check out today about will the Patriots tank for Trevor Lawrence? Interesting stuff on the blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com. My name is Rob Sanders. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.